0: Hey there, I'm Tyler, the author and host of Dark Days of Dorothy Gale. The original recording of this episode wasn't quite adequate enough, so I've re-recorded it and labeled it with the term Redux. It's a true workhorse of an episode now, and believe me, it's much better than it was. Enjoy! This chapter contains depictions of sexual violence. Listener discretion is advised. Dark Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 3 The Seamstress The Scarecrow Was Born of Loneliness It was a warm autumn day when the seamstress became a widow. Her husband was somewhere out in the forest, looking for fresh meat. It was the season of the eastern Locayan three-pronged deer, one of the largest animals to roam the woods. It was also one of the easiest to kill. They were very friendly creatures, and ultimately too stupid to learn to be otherwise. He had been gone for several hours, but this was nothing particularly unusual, and so the seamstress did not find his long absence worrisome, and went about her daily activities. She spent the better part of her morning doing the linens and hanging them out to dry in the autumn breeze. Once her morning chores were done and everything was out on the line, she felt a break was well deserved. Taking a seat in an old rocking chair on the front porch of her small cabin in the woods, she admired the weather and the scenery. A rabbit hopped through the small front yard, being chased by a squirrel who was in turn being chased by a bluebird. She smiled at the situation, not entirely sure if the animals were happily playing with one another or if they were maliciously chasing one another. Whatever the small creatures were doing, however, it did not matter. The tiny spectacle still made her laugh. Her eyes grew heavy before they closed completely and they closed completely only seconds before falling into a deep sleep. Behind her eyes, in her subconscious brain, she was a child again. She was running around the house with a doll, setting up tea parties and pestering her mother and father, who both loved her very much. She had a wonderful childhood, and she often dreamt of it when she was content in life. This was the last time she ever dreamt of her childhood. The seamstress was brought back to reality by the sound of a child crying. It was unclear at first if it was a boy or a girl, but after a few seconds, she determined it was indeed a girl. She stood up and slowly walked to the edge of the yard. She stopped short of actually entering the woods. The seamstress had only ventured into them a handful of times in her life. She did not like the woods. They were creepy and full of strange creatures. No, she was content with her modest yard and the smaller, more friendly animals that would frequent the garden. The crying became more desperate. And the seamstress felt she had no choice but to investigate further. Mustering up all her courage, she walked into the woods. She walked farther and deeper than she had ever been before, until the cabin was no longer visible behind her, but instead, only trees. The cries grew louder here and quieter there, but remained audible until she was able to pinpoint the exact direction from which they were coming. She came upon a clearing in the woods. Clearings like this were not uncommon. The treetops opened above them, creating soft, warm spotlights from the sun's radiant glow. In this small clearing was a small stump. And on this small stump was a small child, a young girl no older than ten years of age in a tattered pink dress. She held her head in her hands and was sobbing uncontrollably as her long flowing blonde hair hung down over the front of her body and danced lightly along the forest floor. The seamstress remained cautious, even as she ran to the child. She stopped a couple of feet away and crouched down low, trying but failing to see the girl's face, obscured by her hands and hair. What's wrong? she asked. It was just a formality. She did not honestly want to know what was wrong. She did not want to know what was wrong, because the same thing could very well be wrong with herself if she did not approach the situation carefully. Are you okay? Are you lost? Are you hurt? Did something hurt you? Did someone hurt you? The little girl did not answer the questions. Instead, the only words that came out of her mouth were,
1: The man.
0: The man. What man? asked the seamstress as she looked around. She could feel her heart pounding harder and harder to the point that it felt as though it would burst from her chest.
1: The man... He told me... It it was just a game.
0: He... What, man? What game? Tell me what happened. The seamstress's heart was pounding so loudly now that the little girl had to be able to hear it, along with the not-so-hidden panic in her voice. There was a danger in the forest, and she was farther from home now than ever before. He
1: he put his hands on my leg. (laughs) He moved them up. His hands, his fingers. I have never felt a pain like that before.
0: Did you see which way he went? Asked the seamstress, trying to regain her composure. If not for the sake of the child, then for the sake of herself.
1: He said... If I ever told anyone... He... Would find me... And kill me... And that's when I...
0: She began sobbing even harder and louder than before. When... When you what? The seamstress asked the girl, but the girl was not answering.
1: When you what?
0: The girl raised her head and stopped crying. She looked the seamstress in the eyes before continuing. When I killed him, she said calmly, when I took one claw and ran it from his balls to his foul mouth. She raised a hand slowly, revealing long claws on each finger. She bent each one down, but kept her index finger extended and pointing up. Before the seamstress could look up, a large, wet, red pile of something fell from the sky. It hit the ground in front of her with a loud splat. She looked up and saw from the highest branch of the highest tree, her husband, hanging. He was split almost completely in half, and was now almost completely empty. She looked down and away, vomiting and coughing, not only at the sight and sound, but at the smell as well. She turned back to see the girl slowly stand up. She was at the very least seven feet tall, yet she still had the figure of a small child. This can't be, cried the seamstress.
1: He was a good man.
0: The girl smiled and spoke with perfect diction. Oh... You poor, misguided thing. (laughs) He was a very bad man. He did very bad things. And now he is in a very bad place, having very bad things done to him. You're a liar, screamed the seamstress. Nothing but a cruel liar. She fell to her knees and cried. The girl disappeared, only to reappear a mirror image of the seamstress. Without so much as laying a finger on her, she lifted the broken mess of a woman up. There was now less than an inch between the two of them. Their noses almost touched each other. The girl, who is now known to be Momby, the Wicked Witch of the East, drew a deep breath. Given this extreme set of circumstances, she said, and your legitimate lack of knowledge of your own husband and his disgusting, vile behavior. I will let that slide. But should you call me a liar ever again, even if I am not around. Believe me, your husband will not be alone in that tree. She drew another deep breath and tilted her head with slight sympathy, filling her otherwise cold, dead eyes. Tell you what, I will do something for you that I don't usually do for mortals. Such as yourself. She raised a claw to the seamstress's face and placed it on the center of her bottom lip, pressing seductively against it. She stopped applying pressure, just short of the breaking point of the soft flesh. I will take pity on you. Go back your little shack and go on with your little life." The seamstress took a few steps back before turning around. Oh, and one more thing, Momby called out to the now hysterical woman who turned around with tears in her eyes. I would not mourn the loss. "'of your husband for too long. "'He was not worth it. "'Few men are.'" The seamstress lived alone in her cabin for the next 42 years, four months, two weeks, three days, six hours, 45 minutes, and 22 seconds. She lived off the garden that grew near her house. She drank from the clouds that frequently rained down into a funnel that reached into the sky above the trees. She went about her business and carried on as usual. She kept the house clean and did the laundry on a regular basis, even the clothing that once belonged to her husband, as though he might return some day. He never did, and he never would. It was on a lonely night when the seamstress had the idea. She could not believe it took her so long to think of it. She had a cure for her once eternal loneliness, and all it would require was a bit of string, some of her husband's old clothes and some straw all things she had an abundance of, in and around her house.